of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. In 1973, the Organization of Arab Petroleum Exporting Countries, we know it as OPEC, imposed an oil embargo, which led to fuel shortages and sky-high prices for most of the decade. A year later, entrepreneur Geraldine Elizabeth Carmichael started the 20th Century Motor Car Corporation, creating a prototype three-wheeled, two-seater sports car designed and built by Dale Cliff. They called it the Dale. Only three were made, all prototypes. Speedway Motors Museum of American Speed has one of them. And curator Tim Matthew joins me to talk about the Dale, marketed by Carmichael as the first space age automobile, designed and built like it's ready to be driven to the moon. Good morning, Tim. Hi, Dale. Nice to be with you. Yeah, I mentioned only the the prototypes were made. Three of them, and none of them run, I understand, or is one of them a mystery? One of them's kind of a mystery. You know, there are two cars that are accessible to the public. Of course, our car here at the Museum of American Speed, uh, known as the space car, it was the first car. concept uh, design uh, that showed up on all the brochures and it showed up on uh, the prices right and uh, of course it it doesn't have an interior no engine uh, but you know when you look at it, it has headlights, aluminum wheels, and tires, uh, and you can you can kind of imagine what they were getting after. Uh, the other car uh, lives at the Peterson Museum in Los Angeles. It's seldom on display, however. It stays in their vault most of the time. Uh, and then there's a supposed third car, which uh, we know existed, but lives in the hands of a private collector. And that particular car uh, was the car that was constructed to actually move and corner uh, and was uh, the car built to be uh, shown in front of some would-be investors. So, yeah, three cars in the whole world uh, exist. And the price tag, 2000 bucks. What were people promised to get for that price tag for the Dale? Boy, you know, for $2,000, you'd get a car that would go 70 miles uh, per gallon. Uh, it would weigh under 1,000 pounds, uh, and it looked sporty. It had a flashy paint job, and uh, supposedly you could crash it into a wall. I forget the speed that they talked about, but it was made out of a new space-age uh, plastic uh, that could handle quite a bit of abuse. So you, as you can imagine, uh, during the day when cars were huge and, and fuel-hungry, uh, people were just clamoring and, and lining up at the door to, to get a chance at this thing. Yeah, one ad said that the Dale rides like a rocket, yet it's built like a tank. <laughs> it doesn't look like a tank. And for some reason, uh, I come from a farm and a three-wheeled tractor wasn't a very safe tractor. But in the Dale, the single wheel is in the back. Yeah, you know, you're exactly right. Those of us that have been around tractors and, and know a little bit about physics and have been around cars, you know, take one look at this thing and might scratch our heads. As a matter of fact, I had my kids into the museum this weekend, and, and they had heard me talking so much about the Dale they wanted to see it. Uh, so I brought my children in, and they took one look at this thing, and they said, Dad, how, how does it not tip over when it goes around a corner? And I thought for a fourth grader, that was pretty insightful. <laughs> was it safe? 
the car that they took on a on a test ride, uh, according to the documentary, uh, you know, the driver wanted to really put it through its paces to show these would-be investors that the car would do everything that they'd claimed, and it didn't take much of a uh, of a speed around a corner to realize that it was really unstable. The car started uh, picking one wheel off the ground, and the passenger and the other side of the car uh, nearly flew out the window. I mean, it was that it was that bad, and and uh, the the test drive did not go well. So we do know that. It was powered by an 850cc air-cooled engine. That's half the size of my motorcycle <laughs> that, I dri- that I ride now. Uh, featured a claimed 70-mile-per-gallon fuel economy and that $2,000 price tag. So two of those three specs are eye-grabbing, the $2,000 and the 70-mile-an-hour fuel economy, but that 850cc, uh, that seems pretty small to me. But this was the, the brainchild of entrepreneur Geraldine Elizabeth Carmichael. Tell us about her. The big mystery is, uh, was this just another con, or was it a real attempt at doing something great uh, to kind of turn the ship around? Because, you know, uh, the person who started 20th Century Motor Car Company, as you'd mentioned, uh, was a woman named Geraldine Elizabeth Carmichael. She started out life as a man, a Jerry Dean Michael, uh, who became very well known as a con artist and uh, uh, did everything from... You know, taking people's money to trying to counterfeit uh, his money. He eventually jumped bail, and and uh, that's when the transformation began. Uh, you know, so I think that's what the documentary on HBO is really uh, investigating: is you know, uh, what was uh, Jerry Dean's life like? Uh, what was the car company all about? And was the car, uh, you know, in fact uh, a legitimate uh, attempt at creating a really great product, and she just couldn't get off the ground, or was it just another con to take everybody's money and run? So I, I guess that's the question that hopefully will get answered in the next couple episodes. And who is Dale Cliff? He's uh, responsible for the design and the build and the name, for that matter. Yeah, Dale Clift. You know, he, he seems like he's a really legitimate guy, and he was an inventor and a motorcycle enthusiast. And, you know, as, as anyone who's been around motorcycles has probably thought about, you know, what would it be like to have a four-wheeled or, or a, a motorcycle that looked a little bit more like a car? So he set out to create a, a vehicle, a three-wheeled vehicle that was extremely lightweight uh, using a motorcycle drivetrain. And he did that, and it was bringing that idea uh, – uh, to uh, Liz Carmichael, where the the Dale Car Company really began, I think uh, Carmichael saw the the invention that uh, Dale had created and thought, hey, maybe there's something here uh, because it, it was very functional. Of course, it was more uh, like a motorcycle. You know, the bodywork was all kind of a cloth, like a stretched cloth. Uh, so, you know, really not uh, the type of vehicle you'd want to take out on the freeway. So I think the Dale Auto uh, Company, or the 20th Century Motor Car Company, rather, set out to make it more more like a typical vehicle. I guess the, the question is, is uh, what was the intent? Tim, help me understand who came first. Did Dale Cliff make the Dale and then needed to market it, and that's where Geraldine Elizabeth Carmichael came in, or did he slash she start 20th Century Motor Car and then Dale Cliff built the car for her? Yeah, it looks like Dale Clift came first in oh. the story, and uh, you know he was he was just a, a great guy. You know, I kind of think of him as 
is uh, maybe the the scientist on the Back to the Future movie, you know, that came up with a really good idea, uh, and he was trying to market it, trying to find people that could kind of get behind uh, this this uh, creation that he had made, which, by the way, didn't look anything like the car that 20th Century Motor Cars ended up coming out with. You know, our space car, uh, when you look at it side by side with uh, Dale Cliff's uh, three-wheeled vehicle, they really don't share uh, much of the same design, other than the fact that they have three wheels and a motorcycle engine. Every Dale that I've managed to find, and there are only three, does it mirror what uh, Henry Ford said? You can have any color you want as long as it's black. (laughs) Every Dale I see is yellow. Yeah, you know, I don't know why they chose the yellow. Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I think it's flashy and it's bright, uh, and that was probably part of the reason that yeah. the, the early prototypes were all yellow. I, you know, they had some vehicles on the drawing board, including a four-seater, a larger uh, three-wheeled car that, uh, you know, they showed it in various colors, you know. So uh, the person on the drawing board was doing a great job, you know, coming up with uh, uh, what could be the future of the 20th Century Motor Car Company if it uh, could have only gotten off the ground. We learned that the reason it was three-wheel is it saved 300 pounds on the total weight of the car, and it knocked off some manufacturing price, about 300 bucks from the car's price. 190 inches long, 51 inches high, weighed less than 1,000 pounds, and was supposedly going to sell for uh, about $2,000. Let's go back to uh, Carmichael, if we would, because... He slash she was was quite a marketer. Speaking to uh, the Chicago Sun-Times in November of 74, uh, she said she was on her way to taking on General Motors, that she had millions of dollars in backing from private parties, talked about a 150,000-square-foot assembly plant in Burbank, California, over 100 employees on the payroll. She really had this dream uh, detailed. What happened? You know, I, I think she was uh, really good at telling people what they wanted to hear. And, you know, in, in listening to the story as much as I have and kind of studying it, you know, from the from the angle of a curator of an auto museum, uh, you know, I think in some ways the story parallels the stories of DeLorean and Tucker. I think you do need to make big claims to, to try to uh, uh, go head-to-head with Ford or General Motors. Uh, but I think uh, the problem was that uh, they were taking all the money from people for pre-orders, and they were also taking money from people who wanted to have uh, dealerships. And instead of putting it into a holding account, they were using that money uh, for all kinds of other things, like buying tools and paying people to draw pictures. And, and uh, so uh, that was illegal, of course. And, and so that's what ended up uh, taking everything down. And you know, I think a few savvy reporters uh, in the L.A. area uh, you know, heard about the car, uh, started thinking about the car, and, and they noticed that something just didn't smell right. So as they investigated a little more, they realized that uh, Elizabeth Carmichael wasn't exactly who she said she was, uh, and they were able to trace her fingerprints back to Jerry Dean uh, Michael, who had quite a rap sheet. So uh, that's where all the pieces started falling apart. And poor Dale Cliff. He's he's one of the big losers in this too. The good thing is, is that everybody gets to hear about him and hear his name, uh, because uh, he did create a pretty fantastic 
uh, three-wheeled vehicle. Uh, you know, of course, uh, as it got into the hands of other people, it changed into something uh, uh, that he didn't intend. But I think at the end of the day, he probably received only $1,000 uh, for his name and for his idea. And, and sadly, the car that he had hoped to be built uh, never, never made it. So that's yeah, kind of a sad story there. I read where the $1,000 check even bounced. I know. It isn't that heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah just... That's the bad thing about uh, situations like this is, you know, when, when uh, the truth isn't told, a, a lot of people end up losing. It's, it's kind of a sad, sad situation. As far as Carmichael uh, went into hiding, even was a featured subject on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, uh, eventually found working under an alias in a flower shop and went to prison. He died in uh, 2004 of cancer, leaving behind three prototypes of the Dale, one of which is waiting for you, good listeners, out at uh, Speedway Motors Museum of American Speed. What are the hours of uh, the Speedway Museum these days, Tim? Well, we're going to reopen officially because we've been closed down for the COVID pandemic, mm-hmm. but we're going to reopen on April 1st, and then we'll be opening to our winter hours just for the month of April. So you can come and see us on uh, Mondays and Fridays from noon to 4.30, and then also Saturdays from 9 to 1. Once we get into our summer hours, which begin in May, uh, we're open every single day from noon to 4.30 and also on Saturdays from 9 to 1. So we sure hope everybody will come and see us. You know, we'll have the dis- the Dale vehicle on display, and, and we can tell you all about how it ended up in Lincoln, Nebraska, which that, is, uh, that I could spend another 15 minutes talking about. That's a pretty fascinating story, too. Uh, all right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we hope you come out and see us. Curator of Speedway Motors Museum, Tim Matthews, joining me today for Lincoln Live. If you would like to go back and listen, you sure can. Go to KFORnow.com. There's a podcast tab there. Click on it. Find this conversation and find the hours of Speedway Motors starting in April. Thanks for listening to us today on Lincoln Live. I'm Dale Johnson.